Happy Monday. Welcome to Inner Guidance Daily. In the U.S., it's it's Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day out there to everybody in the U.S. Um, I hope you're enjoying something special for yourself on your extra day off. So here in Boise, things are starting to open up now. Um, businesses are starting to open and people can go to restaurants. So the energy has definitely shifted here. And it's just, I want to say it's pretty uplifting to be in this environment right now. We got to hear some live music last night which was such a treat. And everybody around us hearing the live music just was in love with being together and hearing, you know, a group of people play music. It really truly was. We were witnessing their personal medicine. You know, what they can give to the world is this beautiful music and harmony and joy, like pure joy. People were so, so happy. So this episode with Natalie Bright, she's a a coach, a life coach and a business coach, Um, but not in the sense of Maybe you're thinking she is extremely spiritual and really, really, really knowledgeable about the feminine leadership. And she also has this term called a light leader, which I think is so cool because often we hear about being a light worker, but being a light leader is um, really fascinating. And she tells us all about that. And she tells us all about personal medicine and what that even means and you know how you can begin to find your own personal medicine and start to be able to share it out with the world. There's so many good nuggets in here and there's so much wisdom that she carries and she does it just effortlessly. It was a wonderful conversation and I'm so glad that I have her here on the show and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you soon. Welcome to Inner Guidance Daily. I'm joined here by Natalie. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here and thank you for joining me today. Um, It's really sunny and beautiful in Boise. What is it like in Portland, Oregon? Beautiful. It's absolutely like right now I'm looking out the window and it's like pure sun and yeah, really, really nice. Yeah, same here. And how has the shelter in place been for you? Are you guys still locked down? Yeah, yeah. And it's been kind of quiet in the realm of like even talking about like when we'll open. (laughs) There hasn't really even been much discussion. It's just basically like we are still shut down until further notice. So. Wow. Well, some good news. I will share that Boise opened up last Friday, um, phase one of four. So maybe, you know, you never know, things could start to change for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of um, like curbside things um, and a lot, yeah, a lot of like the smaller businesses, if they're able to do that, they've been able to really kind of stay afloat that way. But the community seems to be really connected right now and supporting. So that's good at least. Yeah. What has the pandemic helped you? Like what, what have you learned from this just personally? It's been intense. It's on it. I mean, it's been intense. And I feel like almost like each week that it goes on, something new is like revealed from it. But um, for me, it's been very much like a, a journey of realizing that like the present moment is the only thing that matters. Like all that matters is right now and how we're living and existing in this present moment. And so it's really pulled me back into the now, like really put and slowed everything down where it's like, I, I keep even thinking to myself, like, I want to live as slow as possible, like to go at a snail's pace and just really soak up everything in this moment. 
That's beautiful. Yeah, it's really apt to hit the pause button for real. Yep. Um, so tell us what does it mean to be a light leader and how do you help women feel aligned to their work with being a light leader? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the concept of, um, the light leader kind of started coming in and I started really focusing on it last year where it was like there, you know, we hear a lot like light workers and things like that. Um, but the one thing that I was, I was starting to really feel deeply last year was like this, the rise of that sacred feminine coming in already, but like a lot of, um, just the necessity, like the out and out necessity of, female leadership to come in and this like new feminine leadership model to come in um, that is really birthing like the new earth, like really bringing in these new changes and these new shifts that need to take place um, on a global level. So a lot of that kind of concept for the light leadership concept um, that is very much like the way I kind of think of light leadership is it is kind of like, I call it the transit of like the individuals that are here that are like, I want to contribute to moving, you know, the collective in this planet in a, in a progressive way forward that's for the best interest of the whole. That's really almost like bringing us back into our center, bringing us back into um, unity and oneness and, and that equality. And so, yeah, so a lot of just kind of bringing that in. And so for women, it's a lot of learning how to actually allow ourselves to take up space and allowing ourselves to lead. Because um, what's interesting about leadership is like one of the red flags that I realized of like, wow, we have a lot of work to do in the leadership realms is like you do a quick Google search of the word leadership and look at the photos, they're all men, men in suits. And, and that's been the model that we've, we've had is like this very mass, which of course, like men take up space too, but there hasn't been um, a representation for women in the leadership realms. And so for a lot of us, we've played very small. We've, we've um, feared actually really, really stepping up, stepping in. And so it's a lot of like, no, let's, let's, change that let's let's really create this this new way of leading because women lead differently we we function differently right so yeah a lot of just playing with that kind of stuff how do you help women do that how do you help them say all right i feel called to be a leader i feel i have these ideas i want to be there how do you start to like say okay let's usher this in and nurture you along it's such a shift of our own programming as women because it's, and it's so deep and so, and I even noticed myself where, wow, didn't realize that was there that was causing me to, to coil back or to censor. So there's just, there's so much conditioning. I mean, even I think of it of like the woman's wound of like the collective woman's wound of so much around, um, you know, stay in place keep quiet, um, keep yourself small and, and abide by what's being told around you and stuff like that, where there's a lot of uh, having to deprogram, like a lot of belief systems that have basically taught us as women to, to shrink, to shrink down. So I have kind of like a, it's kind of like a 10 pr principle female leadership model I follow where a lot of just, um, and rewilding and a lot of that that kind of rewilding for the woman to step into this this kind of leadership model is a lot of like 
learning how to reconnect to our actual female ways, you know, like to reconnect to our bodies, to reconnect to our instincts, our intuition. So much of that has even been taught to us of like, oh, that's, that's crazy. Like you shouldn't be like that, you know? So it's like really allowing ourselves to actually be how we are instead of that wrong because we're like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I have a three and a half year old daughter and there's this book. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I literally just put her down for a nap and the book she requests to have is called Mary Walker. Now, have you ever heard of Mary Walker? Huh. Okay. Mary Walker was the first woman to ever wear pants a thousand oh. years ago. Okay, So there's this brilliant children's book. But every time I read it, I can't help to think about the conditioning and the program you're talking about. This, the book is written about Mary Walker, who I think it's ironic her last name is Walker, but she basically said like, F it. I'm not wearing these stuffy hot dresses anymore. I'm going to wear pants. And so the book is about like, she had a daring idea and she mm-hmm. wore her pants and everybody pointed at her, made fun of her, you know, stood in front of her school, wasn't going to let her into school. Um, but she was the first one to wear pants so that we can wear pants a thousand years later. And we're still dealing with this same conditioning, right? Like play it small, don't take up space. Um, I mean, maybe in some places people don't feel comfortable wearing pants still. So I'm bringing it up only because I read it to her every single day. And it's the message is essentially you can wear whatever you wear, you want to wear. There's no boys clothes. There's no girls clothes, but it's exactly what you're talking about where we have this deep, deep program um, of being something we're not. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to, ha- to be living consciously for you? What does that mean? It's, it's interesting because um, it's really fascinating to see because it's like conscious living, conscious business, these kinds of realms are becoming more and more of like a buzzword in, in many ways, which is good, which is definitely good. Um, but it's, it's cool because these, these realms, it's a lot of really defining it for yourself of what it, what it looks like for you. And the one thing I always think about is how important it is to remember that like, there is no like, you arrived, you're a conscious person type of like zone of like, oh, you did it right. You know, where um, I forget like who said the quote of like, we don't need more, you know, perfect people living these perfectly conscious lives. We need a lot of people doing it messy and just little small changes. And so for me, it's a lot of like intention, living with intention living with meaning, um, seeing the value in things again, because uh, in so many ways we've become so disconnected from seeing the value in, in the mundane, in the boring, in the things that are not us, you know, where it's like uh, living consciously to me is like seeing the value in the earth, seeing the value in everything, plants, animals, people, you know, um, one thing that I notice a lot in the work that I do is we have become so disconnected to seeing the value in the process, in the journey, where it's like we are so fixated on, I just want to get this result, or I just want to get here, where we don't realize that like the purpose is 
the journey. Like that, that path is, that's all that matters. And so it's like reconnecting to um, seeing that value in just what's here in this moment below us, within us, around us, and, and treating it with respect. So like in your process, you know, in, in your life, like in your own life, did you, is this, who has been your biggest teacher? Who has like taught you these wise words, this wise way of living? Is this trial and error you kind of figured it out or did you have help too? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of like people I've been taught by or, or studied under, things like that. But to be honest, like if, if I'm most, and I don't want to discredit anybody like I've, I've learned from, but it's been just being in the muck of it you know, like, um, dedication to self, I think is the right way to work with it. Because like, I, um, am really, really serious about my own self-development. And so, cause that's the one thing too, of like, we can study a million people, we can read a million books, whatever, but if we're not integrating it, doesn't matter. And so I think it's almost like the best thing, um, at least to help me personally has been a deep commitment to integration of what I learn and putting it into practice where it's like, that's helped things open up and, and, you know, expansion and stuff where it's like, otherwise it kind of just sits in our minds and collects dust, but we don't actually get it until we actually start doing it, you know? But, um, some people that I am like obsessed with Eckhart Tolle, changed my life like changed my life um like a new earth or power of now totally rocked my world um and yeah that i would say that's a big gateway um gateway into like just opening up for sure absolutely what's one thing that you know this year the last year that really sticks out to you in terms of something you've integrated into your own life i um i've been studying like plant medicine and and just like uh, ancestral wisdom, like crazy. And that, that's been a huge game changer too, because it's allowed me to start gaining the lessons from the land in a lot of ways where it's like so much wisdom can be gained just by like being in the land and learning about the land that that's been, that's been a big game changer of just realizing um, new, more, more conscious, more connected ways of of being and living totally I don't know if you feel like the same way but and you know during this pandemic um I feel like the spirit of nature of mother earth literally is like stepping forward to teach us so much yeah and you think you feel the same totally yep um I think prior for a lot of people they thought they could only be learning from a person or from a book or from, you know, this course or college or whatever. But now maybe perhaps people are opening up to like the idea of being taught by like the spirit of the earth, the spirit of the plants, your garden. I think people are fascinated by like the fact that they can grow things. Yep. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's so cool. Cause I like, I always kind of laugh cause I'll have, you know, individuals be like, Hey, do you know who so-and-so is? And I'm like, Nope no idea. Like I don't really pay. I have like a couple people that I really study under and beyond that, like, I don't really pay attention. Um, which I think that's so important is to have, I call them your expanders of like, have your list of like your expanders, the people that just like elevate you and open you up. And then beyond that, keep yourself pretty like 
embodied um, until you're ready to maybe welcome in new teachers, new expanders, because there's just so much overconsumption where I think that blocks us in a lot of ways to actually like move forward. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about what it means like when people say, oh, what's your, what's the medicine you bring or like sacred medicine or, um, you know, what's your medicine of choice? Obviously we're not talking about like medicine, like over the counters, pharmaceuticals, but this is something that people we talk a lot about in spirituality, in light workers. So what yep. does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the concept of like, um, you know, having a personal medicine, your personal medicine. It's basically like the way I always look at it is obviously it's, it's basically your purpose. It's um, the equivalent of like your, your gifts, that kind of thing. But it's, it's the thing that you were gifted to give away in the, in the world, you know? So it's like um, one book that I am absolutely obsessed with is braiding sweetgrass and there's a concept within the book where she discusses you know the way that the earth works is very much in a gift exchange type of um process and uh so a lot of that is kind of like you can relate it to your personal medicine in that we basically are birthed into you know this world with like an earth-given gift we we were given a skill a trade even if you think about like back in the days there were people that like they were the shoemakers, they were the bookmakers, they were this, they were that. Those were like their skills of trade that they were just experts at. And so it's like we are born, born in with these like earth-given gifts. And so it's a matter of like developing the understanding or allowing yourself to actually own what those are. Um, and that, that's your medicine. Like that, that is your signature medicine that like you have that you can then you know, gift, um, and probably support the community in as you give it. That's so beautiful. And it's a beautiful concept. And, you know, just to think about that, we all have that. Where would you say somebody starts to really understand what is my medicine? What is my gift? What am I, um, you know, here to offer as a gift and serve? How do you start to uncover that stuff? That's such a good question because it is, it's, um, it's following the creative spirit. It's following like those intuitive nudges. It's following what actually lights us up. Um, where again, it's a lot of deprogramming because if you even look at the model is at least us in the States are born into, it's like this model of like, choose a major, go to college do work around that major. Hopefully you get a job and you make money. And usually like you go to college to get a job that makes money. <laughs> like that's it. And so we've lost this ability to like, actually be like, what, what do I, what do I love? Like, what do I want to do? What is my skill? What is my trade? So it's like, um, really releasing the, the thought that we have to like sacrifice joy or sacrifice like what mm -hmm. we love. Um, just to create stability financially or, or within our, our careers, you know, so it's, it's a lot of releasing that, but then really giving yourself permission to play again and to, to discover and kind of figure out what is it that comes naturally to you. Um, it's a lot of like discovering your zone of genius. Like, what are the things that you're actually really good at that you also really love? Um, and giving yourself permission to actually follow that, you know, instead of like, you maybe thinking that it's not realistic or things like that. Yeah. 
I love, love, love this concept of the creative spirit that you talked about of following the creative spirit. Yep. Love that. I know that was my intention. I set um, my last birthday because I usually do like a big ritual around my birthday and I'll set like an intention for the year. And that was, that was the statement was let the creative spirit lead. That's beautiful. I love that. So for some people, they're like, okay, I think I have something that's calling inside. You know, I feel like I'm following the cookie crumbs or the breadcrumbs to be able to say, all right, I got something here. But then I feel like a lot of people get stuck between finding a balance or finding a place where you're comfortable with being heart-centered in what you want to do or the gifts you want to apply to the world and success. Oftentimes, it seems like, and I would love for you to just risk on this just openly, it seems and appears that a lot of people in this space where you're a light worker, your service, your gifting, you know, meditation, yoga, coaching, all of these things tend to end up being um, like this resistance towards success and payment. Um, So I'd love, love your perspective on how do you find the balance? How do you find the place within you that's comfortable with being heart-centered and driven through that and through the creative spirit? And also going for success and, and whatever success means for you. Yeah, it's such, there's so many different layers to it too, because um, there's so much weird, like, uh, almost like guilt that I think a lot of individuals in these realms can carry of like, like guilt for, um, you know, being wealthy while also being like a, a light leader or a helper for others or um thinking that they have to choose one or the other. Like I can either be successful or I can help other people. And what's, what's wild about that is unfortunately we don't really have a great example of what it looks like to be both, you know, like there aren't there, of course there are some, but like even sitting here thinking off the top of my head, no one pops in of like, they're doing both, you know? And so we have this kind of Mm -hmm. bizarre model of success for us where I think a lot of um, people in the light working realm, we're almost like associating success with like, this is not what I don't want. I don't want to be like that. It's almost like, it feels like we sell out you know? So it's a lot of like Mm -hmm. redefining success. Like what do you want to gauge success as? And, um, really setting the bar there too, but also, um, like really, I like analyzing, how can you live by your values, live by your code of ethics, live by your own state of morality and still be successful because you can do both. It's just a matter of like, basically building a new model that actually makes space for both because we have a lot of examples like wealth success equating to like toxic power and um harm towards people at the cost of profit you know and like stuff like that so it's it's really seeing that you can actually put people first but still make a great profit you can have both um so redefining all of that is so important but then really allowing yourself to uh build your your self-worth tanks because i think that's a big thing where it's like if you don't believe in your if you don't see your own value like if you don't see that like your medicine actually holds massive value and is very valuable you're gonna have an issue with charging you know you're gonna have an issue with receiving for it so it's a lot of like developing the total certainty and like belief in your medicine so that you can be like, well, 
if I don't charge from this, I'm crazy. Like I'm selling myself short, you know? So it's, it's a belief thing, like a personal belief thing, but also like redefining that model of success too. Yeah. And that's brilliantly said. And thank you for sharing that. And so I imagine you help people get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I'm still myself even because it's just so deep. It's so deeply ingrained in us. And I mean, you open up any social media platform and there's stuff that's like, just still, it'll get in our heads and it's, it's challenging. It's a lot of really staying so in the body and so intentional so that you can move forward um, in a space that creates that balance. Right. How do you find uh, how, how do you find balance between being authentic and influential, especially in the world where we feel like we are kind of almost like forced to be on social platforms, like that's just where people are and there's good and bad to that. How do you stay authentic while being influential? That's a really good question too, because it, it I, I, <laughs> I feel into that a lot because it is, it's like, um, their boundaries. I think boundaries are so important because especially with, you know, you can be authentic online um, in whatever way authenticity looks for you, you know, because that's the one thing that's really frustrating sometimes too is like there's a, you know, you'll see people say like, oh, you know, it's not authentic to filter your photos or to use filters. And it's like, but if that's how you like to express yourself, then it's authentic. Like, so it's really realizing that you define what authentic authenticity is for you. There's no like, this is the code of authenticity and you have to follow this. You know, it's really just being who you are and expressing in whatever way that comes out. And then that being who you are becomes influential if that makes sense, where it's like you just being who you are is the cause to being an influence as the byproduct, as the effect. So it's like trusting that the more you just be you and, and don't judge like, Hey, if you like to do it this way, cool. If you like to do it that way, if you like to express this way, that is your authenticity. Um, and knowing that that can create influence, just being who you are. When you started your business, did you um, struggle with comparison and being authentic? Did it take you some time to get to that place? Honestly, what's really interesting is a lot of my journey has been very backwards to how, how most people go through it, where um, I struggled so much with being authentic in person. I, I had such massive like um, self-esteem issues and just really, really not comfortable in my body, not comfortable with myself in person. So when I started building businesses online, it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can be whoever I want to be. I can just express. I don't have to filter. It's whatever. No one knows me. So it was like liberating, like completely liberating where honestly, I don't know if I really started actually knowing who I was until I started building businesses online, where it was like my sensor was off because I wasn't worried about like, all these people know me, whatever. It was like free, clean slate, totally clean slate. Um, so I didn't really, I, I, I've never really struggled too much with, you know, like comparison or um, holding back online as much as I have in person. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, and have you been able to take what you were able to, how vulnerable you were able to be online into and integrate it into your life? Yep. 
Yeah. So I've, I've kind of done things like backwards from, from how a lot of people are, um, where now it's like the, the in-person comfortability is much stronger than it probably ever has been solely because I learned how to do so online. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, when you're coaching people and helping people with their businesses or brands, or maybe just helping them uncover what are their gifts and then, you know, encouraging them to go through the process of unwilding or rewilding, rewilding, sorry, and becoming aligned to themselves. Um, what is like a, a paradigm shift that you see them go through? Or if that, that doesn't, you know, jump out at you, what is something that you see that as actually like a physical change that happens with somebody who's going through this process? That's a really good question. Um, I would say that, sorry, I would, I would say that um, the biggest thing I see people usually shifting is the realization that it can actually be really easy, that, that they've been making it so much harder on themselves, usually due to like living in the chaos mind. Like so much of the reason that um, we tend to just not be creating the life we want, not be creating the, the work that we want, not be doing the work that we want is usually just this chaos in the mind um, that just like, it's like white knuckling constantly where it's like everything has to be this like self doubt and questioning self and installing and, and starting and stopping. And it, it's like this weird journey that people go on. And then all of a sudden it's like, once they start learning how to be self-led, um, and create from within, it's like this, this light switches on where it's like, oh, why was I making it so much harder on myself? But I think in a lot of ways, it's um, also, it's just a shifting of consciousness and it's a shifting of vibration because when we start functioning more from our, ourselves, when we start, you know, creating from a space of alignment, um, embodiment, we've shifted our entire state of being, right? Like we've, we've raised our vibrations, we've raised our consciousness. So the very things that used to usually hold us back, we're not even in that playing field anymore. We're literally not vibrating on the same wavelength of those struggles. So they no longer exist. So it's like the minute you can shift yourself out and start creating from a different space is like, everything's different where it's like, oh, okay, this isn't that hard at all, you know? Totally, it makes perfect sense. Um, what are some of the tools that you tell people to do to help them shift their vibration or to raise their vibration or to be able to see consciousness in multiple levels, not just maybe this awake state um, yeah. or maybe they're sleeping, you know, whatever, but how, what tools do you have them do? Yeah. So it depends on if it's more, um, you know, doing things from like for a personal Self versus like doing things in the business itself. So on a personal level, um, the one thing I'm like super adamant about is a daily alignment practice. So it could be like a practice that's split up throughout the day that you have specific rituals or ceremonies or, you know, practices, tools that you're doing throughout the day to keep yourself embodied and aligned. Or it could be, you know, a morning practice, a night practice, whatever, but specific designated time, it doesn't have to be a lot either. It can be like, we can shift our, our vibration very quickly. We can shift it as a matter of like a decision, you know? So it's like, it's not a matter of the time commitment. It's really just a matter of the, the repetition of a, a ritual um, that is going to help you tremendously with shifting. 
And then when it comes to like business, it's a lot of like treating the way in which you, you do business as like a ceremony, as a ritual so that the, the state you're creating from the state you're functioning from is in that aligned state too. That's awesome. That's so, so cool. And I have seen that like more and more businesses and people who have a business, you know, are pulling in like ritual activities or meditation or yoga or whatever, but to help and encourage, you know, people to create from an aligned place. And I love that idea of having a ritual that aligns you every single day rather than um, a morning routine, right? That's how like having an alignment practice sounds way more um, Um, Okay, so a lot of people are talking about right now that the world is waking up, that the world is shifting, that there's this new earth. What are they waking up to? What are people starting to just see differently? What is this new earth? If you could just go, you know, share with us what you think this is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool because it's almost like like the way I'm kind of experiencing it myself is yes, there is this like massive, massive, like collective consciousness shift and, and wake up call, but it's almost, um, to me, it's, it's like, uh, the way I kind of even visualize it is like, it's a, it's a deep drop down. It's a deep drop down where it's like, we're, yes, we're expanding and we're waking up, but we're, we're recentering. So it's like we're dropping back down into this like unity again, a oneness, togetherness. Um, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of themes around collaboration right now, community, um, co-creation, that kind of stuff, balancing, grounding, centering, because it's like we're being called back together. We've been so like disjointed and, and fragmented where we now are like coming back into this oneness. So it's like the, the wake up is actually the, the reconnection, the recentering. <laughs> At least that's, that's how I've been seeing it. I think that's beautiful. And I love that. Um, do you feel like there's wisdom in, in, in unpredictability? Oh yeah. There's this documentary that I watched. Um, oh, I'm going to forget what the the first line of it is, but it's about the Hey Duke trail. Um, It's a, it's a trail that covers like multiple States. I think it goes through like Colorado. It it like covers multiple States. It's a documentary, I think maybe on Netflix and one of the, it's an amazing documentary, but one of the um, aspects of it that the main guy who kind of facilitates the documentary spoke about is how um, we can find comfort in discomfort and we can find ease in states of dis-ease, you know? And so it's like really bringing in this understanding that um, in times of uncertainty is when like there, there are endless unlimited possibilities, like literally anything is possible. When things get shaken up, when there's that discomfort, when there's that uncertainty, it's like when things are uncertain, anything's possible. So it's, it's a lot of seeing those kinds of things as, as positive, as, um, like momentum forward rather than letting it be like, Ooh, this is, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. You know? Totally. And I love that perspective and I'll have to check out the documentary. Oh, it sounds so good. good. It sounds fascinating. So good. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so I want to be really mindful of your time, but I do have just some rapid fire questions yeah. for you. What is bringing you so much joy right now? Mm, just being outside, honestly, easy as that, just walking, constant walks. I love that. Me too, by the way. Um, what is the one book you would recommend for everybody to read? Mm. Um, for women, women who run with the wolves, hands down. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So, so good. Um, what is, uh, what do you think anybody who has a business, like what's one tech solution they probably need to have? Mm, I would say Asana. Asana um, for management. So good. Organization, um, really, really, really good. Okay, perfect. Um, what is the best way to change your vibration really quick? Mm. To raise your vibration? Move your body get up and move your body. Um, whether it be like just ecstatic dance, jumping jacks, run around in circles, anything to literally just get, cause you're literally shifting the energy. So it's like understanding that when you move your body, you're, you're literally moving the energy. Perfect. Um, what is, what is the word right now that you're just like keep getting drawn to like a word that just you're like oh, I like that word right now the first one that popped in was centering centering yep um how do you connect to your inner guidance I uh have a lot of conversations with myself <laughs> to be honest I have a lot of a lot of constant dialogues happening um but I'm a huge journaler so I I do morning pages. I'm writing constantly. Awesome. Okay, last question for you. If you could put one belief in the minds of everybody in the world, what would that be? Oh, um, enoughness. Where you are, who you are, what you, what you are in this moment is all you need. That's all you need, the enoughness. You are enough. Beautiful. Yep. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom, all your light, all your insight. I know so much that people will be wanting to connect with you to help them pull out their own innate gifts, to help them in their businesses, to have a consciously led business and aligned business. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for joining this podcast. Inner Guidance Daily is here to serve you. I have created this podcast literally out of the pandemic because I had this really strong call that said, you need to get out there. You need to start bringing people together to help us connect to our inner guidance because truly only you know what's right for you. And in connecting yourself to your own inner guidance, and trusting it is the most empowering thing you can possibly do. And so if you feel like this podcast is serving you, please pass it along to your friends and family. And if you feel called, leave a review because it matters. These reviews matter for sure to me. And also it allows it to reach more people. We need more people trusting their inner guidance. Apologies for the airplane that's going over right now. <laughs> 
So thank you again for tuning in. I am so honored that you're here. Again, my name is Lauren. I love that we're here together and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.